0: I'm Brandon Dawson and this is The Distiller, a podcast about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. My guest for this episode is Django Kroner, owner and chief tree lover of The Canopy Crew. Canopy Crew is a group of arborists and custom treehouse builders based out of Southern Ohio and Northern Kentucky. Even if you don't live in Southern Ohio, you may have heard of the Canopy Crew from their Animal Planet television pilot, Canopy Kings, that first aired in 2017 and is still airing here and there around the world. Django Kroner literally grew up in the trees and somehow has successfully made a life out of his first love of climbing and caring for trees. If you're wondering, as I did, how you possibly turn a childhood of climbing trees into a growing tree care and treehouse building empire, and just stick around, it's a fun story. We met Django on a Friday afternoon at Taft's Ale House in Cincinnati, or more specifically, their cozier downstairs bar, Nelly's Tap Room. Over a couple of IPAs, Django and I talked about, yes, how a kid who climbed trees to escape his older brothers created a thriving business that's getting international attention, but we also talked about what it really means to be brave enough to follow your dreams no matter where they lead. It's a conversation full of whimsy, to be sure. We're talking about building tree houses, but it's directly applicable to the decisions we all make, no matter what we do for a living. And I really loved that. So here it is. Here is my conversation with Canopy Kings and Canopy Crew treehouse builder and arborist, Django Kroner on The Distiller. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's good to finally meet you. I heard your name obviously around Cincinnati a lot. Over nice. the years, and I think we, I think we have some mutual friends in common. But I want to start with, this is my favorite question. I'm particularly excited to hear you answer it. What do you do for a living?
1: Uh, you know, I was asking myso- myself that uh, when I was driving earlier this week. Normally, I say that I'm a treehouse builder. Uh huh. But you know, it, it 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 is of course way more than that, and also you know, at, at times less than that. So um, I think that I was toying around with tree, I, I am in tree house development. Okay. I think it's probably more accurate. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, in the nitty gritty sense, I'm definitely a tree climber. Okay. So that, that kind of is always true.
0: All right. Yeah. Aside from that, what's your official title? You're the president,
1: the yeah, owner? I'm, I'm the owner of the Canopy Crew. Of the Canopy yeah. Crew. Okay, and the Canopy Crew does a bunch of different things. Yeah, so um, we have treehouse rentals okay. in the Red River Gorge. Mm-hmm. We build custom treehouses for clients okay. um, around the country or world. And we have an arborist service in Cincinnati. Here.
0: Okay, yeah. fantastic. So basically everything related to trees.
1: Yes, anything live in the trees, anything in the trees we, we will probably do it.
0: Sometime in the year, fantastic, yeah, so give us a little bit of the background uh, there's a little bit of your story on the website. you moved to the Red river gorge people don 't don 't know uh, the river river gorge is in Kentucky absolutely beautiful place to hike yes. and to climb some of the best climbing in this part of the country
1: yes, definitely in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. so it really started before the gorge okay. um, because tree climbing was really the first love of my life when i was um you know probably like seven i started just climbing you know Uh it was was an instinct in me and my folks lived in a in a house with a lot of great uh maples and so i started climbing and i'm the youngest of four Mm -hmm. so um naturally there's a lot of uh sibling abuse that occurs (laughs) so you gotta
0: climb to get away
1: well so yeah i mean i would i was there was no chance of me ever uh physically winning in any kind of fight with my my older brother and uh but what i realized is that i could climb way better than him and he was afraid of heights so anytime (laughs) it got serious yeah you know i started running out into the yard climb the tree and just hang out up there until he cooled down right so it, it became a sanctuary and, uh, you know, I, I really, I really felt safer up up in the trees. And as I, you know, kind of transitioned into my adult body, I would spend, you know, like in high school, I'd spend four hours a day in the, in the trees. Like I'd watch videos of orangutans and then try to mimic Seriously? their movement. And I was way wow. into it. Okay. Yeah?
0: Yeah, so we're not talking like just childhood fancy. We're talking about you took it
1: yeah even at that age really seriously. It was yeah, it totally was. I was dedicated, and okay. um, and I didn't realize it. I had no idea then that that was my would be actually what I followed as an adult. But um, so eventually that turned into rock climbing uh-huh. because rock climbing has a much bigger community around it, I guess, or yeah. it's um, it's just a thing that people do more than tree climbing. So right. I got into rock climbing, mm-hmm. and I learned that the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, where I'd been to before, was had some world-class rock climbing. So yeah. I decided at 19 to, to move down there to pursue that.
0: Okay. You moved down to the Red River Gorge. What, is, what does that mean to pursue it? Does that mean... You live down there in a tent, or you bought a place down there, or how do you, at nineteen, move to to pursue climbing? Because it's not a, an enterprise that's going to generate money for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I, I I knew I wanted to rock climb as much as possible, mm-hmm. and I knew I wasn't really concerned about money, mm-hmm. but obviously need something. Um, just enough to eat at least yeah um and and you know there's in the rock climbing community there's the the sacred climbing bum is it's a totally um it's a great a great thing to be it's a, it's admired and uh and and held dear to the heart so i was not afraid of of i, I did exactly that i got right. a tent i went down in the woods pitched the tent set up my little camping stove and and i got a job um apprenticing at red river gorgeous um aaron who's running it uh was a timber frame cabin builder okay
0: so red river gorgeous is a is a um i don't even know how to i mean it's a a cabin rental cabin rental
1: place right there
0: in the daniel boone forest or right on the edge of it
1: yeah they're right in the heart of the geological area Okay, um, right when you go through the nata tunnel okay uh so i was working with aaron as little as possible as he let me <laughs> and living in a tent and uh just climbing as much as possible so you know in the beginning i was still basically learn, learning the ropes i was still like a beginner mm-hmm. and um just kind of figuring it out and meeting making partners and and also just in, enjoying the gorge you know a big chunk of it for me was or i guess the reason i like rock climbing is because of the way that you get to interact with nature you know yeah it's you get the perspective on the forest you get to you know be challenged and adrenalized and all the good stuff that comes with that.
0: And it's also my experience. I haven't done a lot of climbing. Um, I grew up in Idaho. Uh, I climbed outside of Boise when I was eighteen and nineteen, quite a bit. You know, for a couple of summers, and it was mostly pretty easy stuff. It was mostly top roping, not a lot of lead climbing. Uh, but there is a there are different types of climbing that cause you to rely on people. in different ways Mm -hmm. and i uh my experience of it is two things that number one that camaraderie that you build even if someone's just belaying you much less technical climbing or lead climbing on a rope with somebody else where your life is literally in their hands plus that kind of zen like i remember the first experience i ever had of what people now call flow was um we climbed for a whole day and I remember coming down, driving in, in my friend Reese's uh, Bronco down from Table Rock in Boise, and I couldn't move my fingers. And I thought, at 18, I thought, oh my God, I haven't thought about a single thing all day yeah. except the rock. Love Which was a feeling. wonderful, yeah, freeing mm-hmm. feeling. And it, it, unless you've kind of experienced that either in climbing or something else, it's difficult to understand how freeing that actually is to have that realization.
1: Yeah, in, I think in in the age we live in, it's increasingly more difficult mm-hmm. to be present. Yeah. And that's the magic of, of climbing is that it forces you to be present. Yeah. Especially if you're not when you're right here, your right limits. now, yeah. you're falling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's the that's the secret of it, you know. Yeah. The beautiful part. So how did that translate? You're nineteen,
0: how long did that last, that that sort of Zen climber hippie lifestyle?
1: So um I was I was very focused and dedicated, mm-hmm. and I had, you know, a series of goals that in my mind were, you know, just where I wanted to get to as a climber, and about six months in um, of living in the tent, you know, the gorge is a really wet place, mm-hmm. a lot of rain. I was camped out in the bottom bottom land, um, very wet, moldy existence. Yeah. A lot of snakes. And uh, one day I was particularly miserable and sticky and was looking at the tops of the trees and saw how the sun was drying them out and they were kind of just gently swaying in the breeze. And I just thought to myself how like, much nicer it looked up there. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I've, like, I've got a, c- a little bit of carpentry skills now and I know how to climb and rig from rock climbing. So I asked Aaron who owned the land, I said, hey, can I build a tree house? And uh, he said, go for it. So at that point was the kind of the start of yep. what is now encompassed my life.
0: And, and what did that first tree house look like? Was it just a
1: platform? Was it actually a house? So I, I was aware of how complicated construction could become accidentally. Yeah. So I went into it very, you know, with, with a, cautiously. And I spent about three months reading and researching the little bit that there was on Treehouse Building and um, just walking around looking at the trees and um, feeling the forest out and, and collecting scrap materials <laughs> and eventually decided upon uh, a sycamore and a tulip poplar that straddled the creek. So um, it was really, it's a beautiful spot in the forest and I started climbing the tree and um, with the intention of setting my, my first anchor and just kept going up and up and up. And I, was, I went into it thinking like, ah, oh, 20 feet, you know, it's a nice, comfortable height. And I ended up getting up about 45 feet or so. And I was like, oh, I better stop going up. And I was like, this view is pretty nice. So I went for it and I put the first anchor in and um, yeah, it was really simple. So I didn't have any money Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all found materials for the most part and friends, yeah. climber friends coming over and helping. So it was a 12 by 10 platform that was all hanging on cable. So when you're up okay. that high and the wind's blowing, the treehouse needs to be able to move freely. Right. And, um, I was all about being exposed to the canopy. Hmm. That was my, my mission at the time was, kind of take it for what it's worth and not try to box myself in. Yep. Um, so year one was just a platform, no roof. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a tarp and I basically just camped out up there. Okay. I had a rope ladder to get up and I didn't really have much to steal, but for security, I just spaced the rungs like two and a half feet apart so that nobody- It's a little like, difficult to get up unless yeah, you're actually a climber. Yeah, that yeah. and it also is, Pretty scary. So even if you were a climber, if you weren't used to climbing without a rope, then you were yeah. probably not going to go up it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then eventually I ended up uh, putting a roof on, which was uh, felt like the biggest luxury. I was thinking to myself like, man, how did I not have a roof? Like, what a dumb house that doesn't have a roof. It's the one thing a house is is a roof, at least. Right. Um, but yeah, I just spent a lot. Of, I mean, it was. It was a really profound time for me because I was then, at this point, 20. And pretty much all my friends went off to college um, mm-hmm. and were doing the, kind of the typical, like, you're getting your life's worth of partying in and right. socializing, yeah. and I was almost alone every night. And um, I, I was worried about that. You know, I was like afraid that I was missing out, but mm. at the same time, I learned to live with myself like just alone yeah and really uh, just soak in the forest and and you know it's like a kind of a slow meditation or something like a slow um getting to know yourself kind of experience yeah absolutely you were there three years yeah so i over those three years i achieved my climbing goals you know i kind of like progressed and and Understood. Learn the sport, um, and uh, yeah, just kind of slowly started doing what I set out to do.
0: For maybe climbers that are listening, just talk about like high level. What are, I assume climbing goals means certain level of pitch that you want to be able to to climb
1: numbers that you want to hit. Like, what were those for you? So um, the gorgeous, mostly sport climbing, mm-hmm. which is basically like a gymnastic style of climbing. So you're climbing. The, the the way you measure it is difficulty it's not necessarily about how tall the cliff is yeah. or anything like that but yeah. it's difficulty so in the gorge i really wanted to just be able to climb 513s okay. so it means nothing to a non-climber but that was my goal um, and then i had you know well non-climbers may not even know that climbs are actually rated numerically. Yeah yeah sure
0: and so there's a there's a there's a difficulty standard that you wanted to achieve
1: yeah yeah totally um and and then I would, I would travel out west for the winters and climb out there. And I had, in that sense, more just classic climbs that I wanted to, cool. to do. Yeah. Um, the biggest and kind of like the, the center goal was climbing El Capitan and Yosemite. Yep. Um, growing up, my dad would always talk about like, Pete, there's this rock in California and people climb it and they sleep on the wall. And he would talk about it in a way that was like I could tell, he was impressed. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, that's the
0: climb in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's it's yeah. It's yeah. It has its its reputation for a reason.
0: Yeah. And and now, right as we talk about this, you know, uh, Alex Honnold's uh, 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 free solo movie. Free solo movie. You're going to see it tonight. Coming out, are you?
1: Yeah, I just came to Cincinnati. Oh, I'm
0: so jealous. I know it's opening. I know it's opening tonight. I'm going to yeah. see it while it's here for sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Anyway, go ahead. Did you did you? I have to
1: ask. Did you ever climb El Cap? Yes, so it plays an integral role in the Canopy Cruise story, actually. Okay. Um, So my third year in the gorge, Mm -hmm. I was feeling less content, Mm -hmm. which was, i was a pretty content guy at the time, and um, it was pretty unsettling, but I knew I had, my first trip to Yosemite was coming around the corner. Um, We were gonna head out west in the winter, climb in the desert, um get our, our crack climbing skills mm-hmm. honed in and then head to Yosemite. So we did just that. We we head out west, we spent uh I guess it was four weeks in Yosemite and with the with the with the whole goal of climbing El Cap. So okay. we ended up spending five days on the wall, one of which was just hiding from a epic hailstorm. Oh wow. There's these things called portal ledges that you sleep on. Uh-huh. And uh it's like, a, it's like a tent on a rope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, about a tiny, tiny yeah, tent on a rope. Yeah, it's it's like a cot that right, you hang right. off the wall. Yeah. So I was belaying my partner and he was climbing on like one of the most difficult, scary pitches on the whole thing. And the storm starts rolling, and the whole whole valley started to fill with clouds like a bathtub. And these updrafts started coming through, and the whole portal edge lifted up with me sitting on it and it was it was at like the instant it was an instant moment when i realized how small yeah. i was and how like i was totally at the mercy of whatever oh, yeah whatever was gonna happen was gonna happen well how
0: how tall is that wall
1: so Cap is three thousand 000 feet yeah. although it it is not 3,000 feet all the way across. Right, right. Um, and there's routes of all different shorter, and, Shorter routes to shorter and, Yeah, heights. and in difficulty, yep. and um, yep. there's a lot of things to do on it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that was... It was a, a, a super humbling slash exciting experience to to be up there for the storm, and, and, yeah, the whole thing was just... It was a lot like hard labor climbing El mm-hmm. Cap. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily... Um, the movement aspect of it is not the same as other locations, such as the gorge. Yeah, um, it's a lot more about just put your head down and just keep it's going a, up. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's a lot of pain and a lot of like oh, just suffering. Well, when, when it, you say you spent, I
0: mean, for people that don't know, when you say you spent five days on the wall, yeah, that's five days on the wall, yeah, not, not like you go down. up a little ways and you come down and you go up a little yeah. ways and you come down. It's from the time that you start yeah. at the bottom until you get to the top was five days and you slept there on the portal ledge. and during the days you're climbing yes. all day, slowly making progress.
1: Yeah, and the, the best part of it all, or at least the story-wise, is uh, Yosemite is now a very popular place. Yeah, You can't just poop off the side of the wall. <laughs> uh, so you have to haul it all up with you. Uh huh. Which that part's you know whatever, no big deal, but you are with your climbing partner, <laughs> hanging in a harness off of you know a lot of times a single anchor, so you're hip to hip. Yeah. And you just nowhere you can go. It's an intimate space. Yeah, super intimate and um, very you know just a quick bonding. <laughs> and whether uh, you
0: want it or not.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, by the time we got to the top was super satisfying mm-hmm. um and you know obviously all the thing exhaustion and hunger and um you feel very thin yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and but yeah just totally like that feeling when you finish a big project and that uh, with climbing it's kind of notorious that those those highs they come on super strong and then they're gone in like five minutes right and you're like oh man what's next yeah so serotonin drop yeah yeah so i was up on top of lcap and there was a pretty defining moment when i felt like i was ready to turn the page Hmm. and i i thought it was still going to be in rock climbing but um it turned out that it was it was to dive back into tree climbing
0: right right yeah.
1: Through and I want
0: to I I, I want to get there, but it just briefly. This whole time, you're living in the forest for three years.
1: You're going out west. What's your family saying at this time? They were stoked. Um, were they? I mean, you know, every my family's very supportive. Um, as long you know, for as long as you're not being a dumbass and uh well
0: and this is kind of the opposite this is the the monastic experience of just living by yourself it's it's not even like you were in tibet doing this you're just down in kentucky three hours away <laughs> yeah so
1: yeah i mean um my i think my siblings just kind of laughed at me but they thought it was cool <laughs> yeah um my folks had you know probably a little bit of hesitation just in terms of the long-term sure. sustainability but yeah um once they came down and saw the treehouse mm-hmm. they there was definitely a kind of a turning of the page for them of like oh this is awesome and like yeah. you know this is this is fun like there's something great to be had here
0: right it's a real thing it's yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah so talk about what turning the page means at that point and how it how it I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like how does that get you from I just climbed El Cap and I've been living in the forest for three years to I started this this kind of
1: tree tree empire that you're yeah. building now? Um it's a good question. I I had never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I'd never been of a business mindset and I did not care about money. In fact I kind of thought poorly of people who focus their whole lives on a business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I swore to myself I would never be so uh, sucked into a meaningless life. <laughs> and, uh, and I basically just started thinking about like, man, what do I want to do, you know? And uh, I guess I was 23, just turned 23, and I went back to Cincinnati. And was just staying with my folks, and I was missing the treehouse definitely, but also pretty feeling pretty lonely at the time, and not really willing to go back into the woods alone. Mm. And um, it was, I guess, just through a lot of idea tumbling around in my head, and, and kind of soul searching, and thinking about, you know, I. I I want to build tree houses. The thing is, when you spend time in a tree house, all you can think about is additions. Like, oh, look at that tree over there. Like, I could do a little bridge up that. <laughs> put a, put like an office over there. And then, oh, look at that one. I could connect and do an observatory. And ah. it just is, it's impossible not to think of all the add-ons. Yeah. So I had a million ideas and of course, I wanted to do them, but I didn't know how and I didn't really have any resources resources to do it. So I started to think about money like, oh, how could I pull this off? And uh, eventually it just kind of churned into, well, you could build tree houses as a business and then people would pay for your exploits and wanting to, you know, the ideas that you wanted to create. And my family, my siblings are all pretty passionate Entrepreneur types, and you know, they definitely—I'm sure—planted that seed in my head at some point. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: There's a way to build this into something bigger. That's not just where you live. It's something that you can provide for other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, uh, I knew from the beginning that if I wanted to build tree houses, I primarily need to learn a lot about trees. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, shockingly, had never thought about the whole arboriculture, like, you know, that whole community. I would never really thought about it. I never thought about being a professional tree climber as a kid or anything like that. Mm. Um, but just randomly, I ended up meeting this, this guy who was a professional tree climber. And uh, we started talking. and
0: He's a professional tree climber. That's a, yeah. that's a thing. Well, Do, an
1: arborist. Okay. Yeah. So that's what an arborist is. Uh, not necessarily,
0: know. but he cares for the trees. He's not
1: just climbing the trees yes. themselves. It's He's not caring. a sport climber. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, he uh, is taking care of trees, pruning trees, taking down dead trees. Right. That right. kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we, he, was, he also used to live in the gorge in his early days. And um, he took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just was really just trying to get, you know, get a job. And um, he was an awesome mentor and basically just schooled me. He was like a hard-ass character who, you know, loved to play pranks on me and, uh, you know, didn't cut me any slack and and it, it, it whipped me into shape real quick.
0: Right on. It's funny because I have, you know, ideas and things to ask you. And one of the things is about craft. And I would have assumed that when we started talking about how you learned your craft, it was more about construction and less. And not that there's no construction in it, but it's just really interesting to me that the education part that was really heavy for you at the beginning was the arborist part more than the the construction part.
1: Yeah. So two, two comments on that one is straight out of high school i did americorps in milwaukee okay and i worked at habitat for humanity framing houses okay so i did have that you had the basic skills i, I mean if you can call it that i had i had seen the world uh, <laughs> and, uh the construction world um and i yeah, i'd been around it I, right. it it's it certainly wasn't um something I was good at, you know? Yeah, you
0: were not a journeyman, but you had, you yeah. know, you, you'd seen it done,
1: you yeah. know what it looks like when it's done right. Yeah, but then when I was in the tree house doing a lot of trying to define my life, I would oftentimes say that the tree house is just the vehicle to get to the canopy. Mm. The canopy is really what it's all about, and I still totally believe that. Like, if you can go out and climb up into the top of the tree and hang out for a few hours, you're going to get just as pure of an experience as you would being in a tree house because mm-hmm. it's about the tree. Right. Um, not about the house. Yeah. And I mean, people, your, your everyday person has no idea that is the, is like, you know, my mission or yeah. the case to them. The house is kind of the bait, you know, it, right. it, it, the house is like people live in a house they know what a house is they see it and it's like wow that's funky like i want to go up there and spend time and then the the tree like seeps into their soul and they get it you know and it it is obviously different for every tree house and tree experience but um that going straight to the tree in terms of what your your Mm -hmm. comment was is definitely true i'm Mm -hmm. like tree climbing is is like my i would say truest self um or craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, I feel like it might be interesting for somebody that doesn't know who you are or live around here and sort of know the reputation of the Canopy Crew at this point in the discussion to think whatever this guy builds builds treehouses. How many how many treehouses have you built to this point? So
1: I there's it depends on how you define it. How many treehouses has the Canopy Crew built? Sure. So in tree structures i think we're around 40. okay um because when you we've done things such as tree decks Mm -hmm. or um like meditation pathways elevated through the trees sure or uh you know tree zebos kind of thing or or maybe it's a tree house but within that one treehouse cluster, there's five treehouses, houses. Right, you know, right. So it's like, how do you count that? Is that one or five? I don't know. Right, um, right. So we started counting them off of foundations, you know, like okay. platforms yep. in trees. Um, yeah. Yep.
0: And talk a little bit about the variety of, you just talked about, you know, there's decks, there's platforms. What's the largest cluster of structures you've built in a house up to this point?
1: So, um, Square footage-wise, we built one that was 650 square feet. Okay. Um, and that was a, a live-in tree house. Uh-huh. Um, we've, we did a, the one that was kind of like a, a, a walkway or a canopy tour, like it was supposed to be for walking meditation. I don't even, we never even really added that one up. But I think we were probably in 30 trees total so it was like wow I mean you could spend some time walking around you know elevated off the ground and it was awesome I mean there's bridges and there's like suspended staircases and is that down in the gorge where is that that's actually in uh, Wilmington, Ohio okay yeah Um, we've done certainly plenty of of kids tree houses Mm -hmm. uh, adult tree houses and um, I would say our as the company is growing we're learning who we really are mm-hmm. definitely like adult tree houses or a tree houses that you could live in yeah um are what we are specializing not in. not like a play structure yeah i mean play is great for all ages yeah. um but you know kids usually get it already you know it's <laughs> it's kind of like they they don't,
2: you don't they don't need them. the lesson you know as yeah.
1: much um but yeah, I mean adult I and I I, I build a treehouse and I wanna right. I wanna use it. You know, I wanna I wanna be able to fit inside and have my friends over and totally. And well have I I, luxuries. Mentioned, I
0: mentioned we I think we have some common friends, Jill and Jonathan Hicks, I mm-hmm. think live right across the street from Red River Gorgeous. Definitely. And I've stayed in a couple of their tree houses yeah. over there. I don't know if you've been involved in in building those or helping them get those going. But man, that's a magical experience. It's yeah. one thing. I had tree houses as a kid you know or raised fort or whatever but as an adult like you said to go up into one of these places and just be there be in the tree yeah. in the canopy it is it is a, a transcendent is a funny word to use but it's like it's a completely different experience it puts you on a completely different wavelength
1: yeah it's just a new perspective yeah anytime you have a new perspective on something that you've seen a lot it's it's eye opening yeah And I really admire Jonathan and Jill their their lifestyle and the way they've raised their family. And I helped them do the uh, platform for the Flying Squirrel Treehouse, and then they designed it and and built it from there.
0: Yeah, I think that was the one that I that was their first one. Yeah, that's the one they've got. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, totally. It's such
1: in the whole the fern gully underneath it. it's, Ah, It's so beautiful. It's kind of prehistoric feeling up there.
0: Yeah, and for let me tell you, if you're listening to this and you're somewhere else in the country and you've never been to the Daniel Boone National Forest or to the Red River Gorge. Man, go down there, camp, hike. It is really, really gorgeous.
1: Definitely. I should
0: get some sponsorship money from from somebody for that.
1: The land before time. (laughs) Exactly,
0: yeah. How has has the approach, it was interesting, I read on your website that um, you talked about uh, your mission is sort of doing this with the least possible impact Mm -hmm. to the tree itself. I think a lot of people would assume and you've already, you've already corrected this assumption, but that it means like drilling into the tree and affixing it to the, to the tree. But you are, as an arborist, trying to protect the tree and give people an experience of being in the canopy that doesn't damage the canopy. How has that changed over time in terms of your
1: knowledge and how you approach everything? So trees are, are you know, giant plants, but they're these giant organisms that we exist around all the time. And most people really don't pay them any attention a lot of new homeowners are shocked at once they, you know, they buy a house that's got like a bunch of trees and then they were like, oh, I have to, I have to interact with these and take care of them. And they're like, this is a lot of, there's a lot of living thing going on here. Yeah. Um, Each tree species is different and each individual tree is different. And um, they're not humans. And I say that because a lot of, People in, in the tree world, or people, subconsciously associate like, oh, my body works like this, so a tree's body works like this, but mm-hmm. they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every, there are there, there's been about thirty years of tree house research been going on. Um, kind of the the grandfathers of tree housing have been developing and inventing attachment methods, studying them, improving upon them, and I am fortunate enough to ride those, those coattails in a way. So, um, without getting too nerdy, the, the um, trees nerd out, go for it. The, 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 life force of a tree. So the, the vascular tissue mm-hmm. exists in the cambium, which is basically the outer layer. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the bark and the, um, the wood just underneath the bark, there's that's where the nutrient flow is happening.
0: Yep, that's where most of the sap is flowing. That's exactly. Where it, yeah. yeah.
1: So the inside of a tree is dead heartwood. Yep. Um, and for construction purposes, you want to utilize and, and maximize the use of that heartwood mm-hmm. and minimize impact on the vascular tissue. Okay. So the way that we do that is by using as few as possible really beefy bolts Hmm. so the bolt goes into the tree it has a lot of surface area in the structural heartwood and you're then only putting one hole so an alternative would be to do several small holes but we have found that that actually is is more difficult for the tree tree to handle Hmm. another important thing to know is trees don't heal, they seal. So, hmm. um, you know, you get a cut on your arm and you generate new tissue. If if a tree has a wound, it closes it off. So it, new tissue will close the decay off from the living tissue. So when you put a, one of those bolts in, the tree has reactionary growth. And what's super cool is right around the bolt grows extra fast and the tree hmm. actually further and further strengthens that attachment each year each, each growth cycle okay um and if you were to wrap the tree with with say a chain or a rope and hang your tree house you would actually completely cut off circulation and kill the tree hmm. so people see the bolt and they're like oh god like what <laughs> what have you done to? yeah what tree? have you done why don't you just tie a rope to it come right. on but in reality that's the same thing as like you you could put a a needle in your arm and, and go on for the rest of your life. But if you tied a rope around it, you'd lose it in two days right. or you know, however long that takes. So right, right. it's kind of in, in that way to use a human body as an example. I
0: so are you, are you continuing to get smarter about this? Are you guys continuing to improve your methods or is it the kind of thing where you sort of have a, uh, a set approach that you use and it's not changing
1: year over year? Definitely always improving. Um, You know, sometimes in very small ways and sometimes in bigger ways. But really, what it is is we're trying to push the envelope with our construction. So, you know, we are, you know, we maybe do a couple builds that are like totally in the bag, you know, kind of feel like, um, you've done it before, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, we know what's going to happen. And then maybe we'll do one that's like, all right, let's, let's push it. Okay. And there's a lot of physics going on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, essentially you're building a dynamic bridge up in a living organism and then putting a house on it. And the house so you've got of course gravity, uh, and then the wind comes through and the trees sway yep. and that you know, swings your All house. All of around. your anchor
0: points are moving. Yeah. yeah. So
1: so that we use different attachments depending on how high up we are in the tree and how thick the tree is in diameter. Um but then, you know, you add all of a sudden you've got this like 10 by 15 wall that is basically a sail. So yeah. now you've got like a sail up in the tree, and it's it, there's a lot of things that come into play. Um, and anybody, anybody who enters that world is going to be learning for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. There's no absolutely no, it's way too crazy of an environment, especially with trees, like how much trees differ mm-hmm. uh, to ever feel like. Oh, we've, we have a thing that we do every time and it's just the way it is. Right.
0: Uh, I want to transition a little bit because yes, this is what you do. You build tree houses, but you also own and run a business. Yeah. Uh, where you have to make that business profitable and you have to manage people. How many people does Canopy Crew employ these days? So 12. Okay. Yeah. 12, Full, folks. 12 full-time people, people come and go. You have contractors.
1: Yeah. So, um, I would say it's eight Mm full-time, um, a couple of part-time guys, handful of contractors. Okay. Um,
0: are all of those people builders or is there managerial staff or do you guys sort of handle all of the admin stuff among the team? So
1: there's, I guess a quick rough and dirty breakdown would be, um, probably two to three office staff. Mm -hmm. Um, four tree climbers slash tree technicians, mm-hmm. um, and maybe five carpenters slash production manager type people who make the, make the tree house construction happen.
0: When did you building tree houses turn into a business? And how did you, how did you navigate mm-hmm. that learning process?
1: Um, November 9th, 2013. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the paperwork was filed. Yeah. Um, I so it. I, I, do a, I do a lot of uh, be, being an entrepreneur is way way different than I ever thought. It's so much more mm. than I ever thought it could possibly be. Um, and I think I do a lot of Well, basically it's challenging. It's, you get, it's, you know, obviously you kind of gravitate towards things that you're good at Mm -hmm. and then you specialize and then you get used to being good at everything that you do because people don't challenge themselves that often. (laughs) Um, With the Canopy Crew, I found myself repeatedly smacked down and, you know, kind of put in my place Um, and, that process is, it's endless, you know, no, no matter how, cause businesses by nature grow. Mm-hmm. And when growth happens, growing pains occur. And then it's my duty to respond to those growing pains. So um, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't, but you know, uh, in the beginning, certainly none, no zero idea at all. And I just approached it like I approached rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I was rock climbing a lot, I was project climbing. So I would pick a really difficult route, just one path up one cliff, Mm -hmm. and I'd spend a month working on it. So it would take, you know, 300 tries over a month of repeatedly going up and falling, going up and falling, and and like like a dance, you learn the exact precision moves until you get it, until you can get to the top without falling. So I understood the process of being really stubborn and like just not stopping and not giving up. And um, I understood the process of things happen once you stop trying to force them. Hmm. Um, So whether or not you're supposed to apply those to business, I don't know, but I did. And and I just kind of went for it. I've, I've, I mean, as a climber, I was always, okay to be bold and take risks. And I loved uh, being the person who would just go for it. And that's exactly what I've done here. And it's totally backfired a number of times, but it's also my one and only secret ingredient that has got me here. So plenty of people have like criticized that mentality, or Questioned it, certainly. I mean, even in my own crew. But the bottom, I mean, at the end of the day, that's like all I, that's just who I am. Give
0: give some examples of things that you have done, successful or not, that you would not have done if you'd not taken that approach.
1: Well, um, so at this point, for example, like maybe we've got a job. Maybe, Maybe there's a giant dead tree that we need to take down that's hanging over somebody's house um at this point knowing everything i know now i require a whole list of tools and equipment and people and weather conditions and budget and all these things to make that happen Mm -hmm. but in the beginning i would just go figure it out with no you know with 10% 10% tools, no equipment, one person, and 25% budget, you know? Yeah. So, um, that that's really just, I mean, that's kind of probably the most straightforward example of just like- Just
0: being willing to take it on, even if you weren't exactly sure how you were gonna do it.
1: Yeah, because I mean, maybe you fail this time, and maybe you don't make any money, mm-hmm. but it's still a step forward. Right. And you know, out of a thousand times, maybe that happens a hundred, but- you then have made 900 steps forward right so um yeah i think i'm willing and ready to try something you know so like for me it's treehouse building um there are plenty of reasons to be afraid of treehouse building and i never thought any of them were like big enough to not do it Mm. uh and it's kind of one of those things where if I knew then what I know now, I would have never done it. There's no <laughs> way I would have ever started this if I knew all of the challenges that were going to come my way. It would have scared me away, and yeah, there's no way. It's too much work. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm now I'm. It's now I can't. Now no, here you are. A minute. And and it seems like um,
0: there have been other things that you've done. I don't know where this fits into your personality and that part of it, but I mean, you you wrote a book. You had a TV pilot. Um, like yeah. there, you, yeah. you, and I don't know where that stands, yeah, I Maybe mean, yeah. you can talk about that a little bit, but, um, you've also gotten your hands into a bunch of other things that aren't just the craft of either, you know, uh, taking care of trees in Cincinnati or building tree houses in Northern Kentucky.
1: Yeah. So, um, the, What was your question?
0: (laughs) Just in terms of your willingness to take stuff on, it doesn't seem like it stops at taking a tree down.
1: Yeah, Um, It seems
0: like you're sort of like, and I don't know what part of, um, because just talking to you, I'd never met you before you walked in today, but just talking to you, you don't seem like a person who's necessarily clamoring for attention, but man, like when you mentioned the canopy crew, uh, and I don't know if you're aware of, of aware of this, but around Cincinnati, people know your name. People know what you're doing. People are excited about what's going on. People are saying, yeah, they had a TV show. I don't know what happened to that thing. It's like there are different things happening. Part of that's because Cincinnati is a small town and stuff gets around. Yeah. But part of it is because the way that your business has grown has been visible in a way that that I don't know if you were intentional about or not.
1: Yeah. No, I think about that often. I have no idea how that happened uh i
0: it could be that it's just so whimsical that like you know you guys down in kentucky somewhere building tree houses is something everybody loves the idea of so the word gets around but yeah it does seem like it's more than that
1: so i certainly i certainly preach the the glory of trees and the and how fun tree houses are no doubt about that um i have had several amazing opportunities fall into my lap um such as the book and, and the t v show, and at, at every one of those stages, I was like laying in bed like, "Oh damn it like i I wish this was happening in ten years when i <laughs> when I uh, was ready to do it, but yeah. it wasn't, so better just figure it on. out you know yeah. and um and all of those experiences have been wonderful and um it, it like times of accelerated growth Mm -hmm. like with the i mean you you are tasked with a job such as like writing the technical guide to treehouse building or or making the show and you have to i mean if it's going to be like put out to the public to who knows how many people like you better do a good job you know Mm -hmm. and that's just forced me to buckle up buckle up and like just you know start riding harder and um it's it's what's funny is now i now i see the bigger picture and it's like okay you do one thing and it opens five doors yeah and that never stops yep. and now i'm at now i'm at a place where i've like got so many opportunities that i have to pick and choose because i can't do them all but mm-hmm. be- before i would just say yes to everything right um but yeah it's it has been, I feel very blessed in that sense because I know that not, I mean, hardly anyone is fortunate in that way where they have like, it's just a very lucky to have those, those bigger corporations come down and say like, hey, we think what you're doing is cool. Yeah. The
0: the book for people that want to know, and we will link to this from our website at the distillerpodcast.com it came out in 2016. It's called The Perfect Treehouse, a guide to, to treehouse building. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the TV show? Because I'm interested to know. Was it You had a pilot that was on the Animal, uh, animal Planet. Yeah, yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah, so... Um,
1: uh, what was the show called? Canopy Kings. Canopy Kings, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I got a phone call. Um, basically, just a random person like, Hey, uh, you know, I found you guys on Instagram and wanted to know if, if you'd be interested in trying to make a TV show. And I said, "Yeah, of course." And that process turned into this very slow but large snowball of uh, of things happening, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, a year and a half later, we were there with like fourteen camera guys, and uh, and my crew was was haggard down from a long year of treehouse building, and we we had this. Uh, Amazing. I mean, it all, all the stars, stars like came together because we had this perfect Schumard Oak to build in. And we had clients that were like, do your craft, you know, like (laughs) make something beautiful. And we're not constraining you. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it just, it, I'm, I'm really very happy with how that whole process or how the whole end product came out because I know how, um, Close it could have come to being a disaster, uh-huh. you know it was like we were uh, we were like worn down to the bone and uh and it, it just so many things could have gone wrong and and I guess some some things probably went wrong, but in the end it, it worked out but so basically that pilot aired it took it took like two and a half years to make it, and then it waited a long time before it went out, and then it aired, and it's been airing around the world because I have. Like friends in like Germany they'll be like send me clips of me talking <laughs> in German um and basically, so the t v industry is strange and foreign place, and I think my the most accurate way to put it is that we're on the back burner, maybe it's like we so it's not dead it's not dead, it's not alive. I don't know to okay. be honest it's it's um basically just out there in the world it could I mean we have we they won't give us a no yeah yeah they won't give us a no and that's basically where it's at
0: right no that sounds all too familiar from my experience of they're keeping it to to save the time they can make the most possible money off it yeah is probably what it is yeah well it's good to know I mean I think a lot of people felt like because they didn't see an immediate follow up that it wasn't happening it's good to know that there's still uh, a possible future for it yeah. And I mean,
1: it's, that's a whole other thing. I mean, that's like, <laughs> well, I'm thinking about, cause now, you know, we've planned, planning our lives yeah. around one path and TV is certainly a whole other path and right. Cross that bridge when we get there.
0: Right. Right. Well, so let's talk about, uh, what is next for both the canopy crew. Um, and you i mean at this point uh so you said you started in 2013 you're basically roughly i mean 5 years in last month if i if i'm doing the math right yeah um what are you thinking about these days in terms of the future of the canopy crew and and your role in it and what's what's next in your growth path
1: well i think that um i think that i've had a few large revelations in terms of realizing what I don't know um, and realizing how much deeper I could go into this mm-hmm. um, and at yeah I I, I guess so the, the first place to start is is really just me thinking okay what do I what kind of life do I want because mm-hmm. You could put a lot of lives into business, yeah. um, and that's a big question. And and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess I'm at this point where I know I'm still young, but I also felt life go by fast enough to know that I will be old soon. And, yeah, you're blinking. <laughs>
0: so, ten years are going by.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I've, I, I mean, it's your question is one that I'm asking on an hourly basis. Um, But to give you something real, uh, I think my goals are to harness what I'm best at with the canopy crew and give myself to it in a way that it deserves. So I certainly have been giving it my all, but um, now I think I know a little bit better or just learned a little bit more about what, like, what what how my time is best spent Mm -hmm. and you know getting a lot better at delegating and hiring we're we're actively trying to hire a lot of positions to to because because the growth like we could easily expand and grow in something bigger and beautiful um but getting getting there is easier said than done yeah and um so focusing myself and steering the whole group of folks and, and everybody involved in that direction um is is kind of well I need to lay that out and make a plan. Um the we're certainly focusing on the treehouse rentals. That's that's really where my passion kind of flourishes. Mm-hmm. Having the creative freedom to do my own builds yeah. um in a place that I love and uh and also like just building for myself you know there's there's something there that i'm going to hold on to and it turns into a passive income and um that's that's where my pulse is the strongest yeah um building for customers is much more challenging and it's a a lot harder to turn it into any kind of money yeah so uh we're we're adjusting and, and learning how to make that realistic. Um but ultimately, you know, I've got X amount of of people that depend on the Canopy Crew for work. Mm-hmm. And I wanna create you know, I want their lives to be enhanced. Um obviously, you know, I want my life to like slowly get better and better. Um and there's you know, it's my responsibility to make those decisions that are gonna lead f- lead for all of us together to like learn the most we can from trees, and hmm. uh, and at the same time have things that people like like money and and stability and relationships and all the stuff you yeah you need to yeah. kinda- because like being a traveling treehouse builder is amazing, but it comes like with a lot of hidden challenges. To most people, it's probably obvious, but to me, I never thought about like, oh yeah, if we're on the road all the time, like, oh, when no one has a girlfriend, like, <laughs> shoot, how'd that happen, you know? And yeah, we're all living in tents all the time and, you know. Well, it's
0: funny because, you know, what you do is such a, it's a in, in so many ways, is such a unique thing. And then when you break it down, entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship. And the challenges of starting out, um, taking something that you're passionate about and that you know, this little thing that you're good at. And then if you're, good enough at it, it uh, what it turns into is a bunch of things you're not good at.
1: Yes, totally. Which is
0: the running the business and the hiring the people and that's I think that is the story of of all entrepreneurs is hey I just wanted to do this thing and now I have to do all of these other things that I either don't quite know how to do or don't want yeah, to, know
1: absolutely, how to yeah. Do. Yeah and I've um, it's been so soothing too. I, I kind of got to a point where I was drowning like every now i know every entrepreneur does that yeah and now and then i at that point I was like i got to talk to some other people who've done this and started to talk to other people and you know read books and all that and and then i realized that i'm right on time right on course yep with all the other people You're exactly
2: where you
0: should be yeah
1: and it's like oh okay this is a problem that's happened to yeah. everyone who started a small business and And all the stuff that you're saying now about what the future looks like and how to, how
0: to, uh, I, the, the things you just said about what the next phase of the canopy crew is are the things that signal in my estimation, maturity in the life of a, of a business owner of an entrepreneur, which is how do I do what I can do best for the business and give away and hire somebody better than me at the things that I'm not best serving the business in. Yeah. And I think every, every entrepreneur, it's like, You know the 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 timeline of every entrepreneur is what i just described like i want to do this beautiful thing then it blossoms into i wanted to do this beautiful thing but i don't want to do these other things but now i have to then the next phase is but i'm going to do it because it's the way i get to do my beautiful thing and i'm going to push through that first phase of growing the business where i have to do everything yeah and then the next phase is where you are right now is how do i step back and let other people take it and make it what it can be and that's great. I, th- I, I'm going through this because as people are listening to this, I think it's, it's really interesting to say, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy who builds tree houses and it's going to be completely divorced from my life and whatever I do, but it's not.
1: Oh yeah. No, this totally. Is, this is
0: what we all go through if you're starting or if you're running your own thing.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, I think there's an element of hitting rock bottom and then like being the Phoenix in there. Like, at that point when you're like oh I'm I'm doing all these things that I don't want to be doing and um and then you've got you know like the employee drama and the customer drama and you're like wait a second I'm just a therapist like that's all I'm doing is uh, it's like (laughs) all I
0: want to do is climb trees yeah yeah yeah
1: and um you know you get stressed out and then for me if like I my my personal standard is like man if I'm stressed like I'm not supposed to be stressed out. Like I'm the guy who's not stressed out. And, right. and of course you get stressed out and then you're like, shoot, what did I, where did I go wrong? And, uh, but out of all of that struggle comes the, that turning point of like, aha, I see the path and I'm gonna execute it. And it's gonna be like, there's gonna be grace and like persistence and it's just gonna blossom and, and, and everything's gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, Canopy Cruz started as one company and now it's like five companies because that's just the way things go. And it just grows, and you can't yeah. stop the growth. Like yeah. it comes at you. Well, and that's the
0: that's the best thing that could possibly happen is that the is that you can't stop the growth. I mean, it's it's a bigger problem when <laughs> when there is no growth. So that's where an entrepreneur wants to be. These guys are just about to open the doors, and we probably need to close up. The last thing that I wanted to hit on, which I think is a really a really special insight, is when you were talking about how you, the way that you approached the growth of the business was the way that you approached a particular pitch or a particular challenge. Yeah. And again, people that, that have never climbed may not know that that's the way that you do it. We were talking about the free solo movie and I don't know if they cover it in the movie. I'm interested to see, but one of the things, Jimmy Chin, the guy who made the movie for national geographic, one of the things I was most interested in hearing him talk about was the way that Alex would practice little tiny snippets yeah. of that 3000 feet over and over and over and over and over again until he could basically do it in his sleep and and until he got to the point where he could climb that entire thing and know everything that he was gonna do at every moment and that's an interesting metaphor for someone's working life of taking a challenge that either an entrepreneur or somebody else faces and saying no I'm gonna I'm gonna keep at this I'm gonna break this code and I'm not gonna move on to another pitch Yeah. Until I figure out this problem. And that's climbers call them problems.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, I'm going to work out this problem. A pitch is a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think one of my favorite things to share with people who are thinking about starting a business or or really doing anything is you can find a lot of solace in knowing that no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's all an illusion. No one knows what they're doing. Everyone's just at like a slightly different scale of not knowing what they're yeah. doing. Yep. And if you, if you just try, you will know more about that than you did before or than someone who didn't try. Yep. And there's, yeah, I mean, many, many times in my life I've just tried something that, uh should have not been doable and I did it and it's like was ugly and like needed all sorts of repairs or like you know had plenty of issues or I was came out at the end bloody from it but like but hey like it ended up working so like you can't hate it that much you know
0: (laughs) right you got a result
1: yeah yeah so yeah I mean it's there's nothing worse than like being paralyzed by um the fear of what if you Mm -hmm. know and you I mean whether it's business or anything like just there's so much fun to be had and just going for it and like you pro, you will eventually fall down on your ass but like that's not that big a deal
0: yeah yeah try it try something new yeah right on it's been, uh, like I said, the, d- the doors are open here at uh, Nellie's, and we need to probably move on, but it's been a joy to talk to you, and I love hearing about what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, that's just
0: really fun. Awesome. Thanks, Janko. Appreciate yeah. it. This episode of The Distiller was recorded live at Nellie's Tap Room, which is located downstairs at Taft's Ale House at 1429 Race Street in Cincinnati, Ohio. Taft Sale House is a craft brewery and restaurant located in the old St. Paul's Cathedral space, which is the oldest Protestant parish in Cincinnati, and it's named after local boy and 27th president of these United States, William Howard Taft. Taft's Ale House has fantastic food and drink every day of the week. Their Gavelbanger IPA is one of my favorite local IPAs, but they've got a whole slate of beers. So thanks again to the entire staff of Nellie's and of Taft's Ale House for welcoming us in and for the hospitality. And, uh, of course, thanks again to treehouse builder, arborist, and inspiration for eternal childhood, Django Kroner of The Canopy Crew. You can learn more about The Canopy Crew, and you can contact them about tree care and maintenance or about having them build your own custom treehouse all through their website at thecanopycrew.com, where you can see everything they do. And of course, you can see some photos of some of the amazing tree houses they've built. We've got links to their website and social media pages, plus a preview of their reality TV show, Canopy Kings, on this episode's page at thedistillerpodcast.com. So please do check it out. They're great people. Django is a wonderful guy, and uh, they're doing some really magical work. So check it out and support them. The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson, with co-production and booking assistance from Terry Heist. Our show is mixed and edited by Justin Golden. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan. And our videos are by Mike Helm of Minute Moments Pictures. You can find The Distiller wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please click that subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. And if you like what we're doing, spread the word by following and sharing our posts on Facebook and Instagram. And the very best way you can help us is by rating and reviewing The Distiller. No matter what platform you listen on, those mean a lot to us and help us show up in search results. So thanks for that. Remember, you can listen and download every episode of The Distiller, where you'll find links, photos of the guests and a map of all show locations on our website at thedistillerpodcast.com you can also get in touch with us through the contact page there or you can email us at mail at thedistillerpodcast.com you can tell us who you think should be on The Distiller who you want to hear talk about their search for meaningful work or where you think we should record the show including if you have a restaurant or a bar where you would like to host an episode of The Distiller just drop us a line whether that's by email on the website or on Facebook Twitter, or Instagram. We always love to hear from you. So until next time, I'm Brandon Dawson. Thanks for listening to The Distiller. Bye-bye.